Hi, it's Jim. Today's episode was supposed to have been released last week. Unfortunately, we ran into some snags in the editing process, so we didn't get it released on time. Therefore, you'll hear some references to this episode being the April 5th episode. We're going to have a special bonus episode for you this Friday, which would have been the episode we would have released today, and then next week we'll be back on schedule with our normal releases every Monday. Thanks for your understanding, and now, on to the show. On the show today, Facebook reintroduces a way to view your newsfeed chronologically, an Australian TV station is forced off the air due to a cyber attack. The United States and the European Union are making a new attempt at a privacy deal. Our scam of the day discusses ways that people are trying to steal your stimulus check. And today's tip gives you five types of web browser extensions that you can use to improve your security. All of that and more are coming up on the April 5th, 2021 edition of Cybersecurity Made Personal. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Jim Herman. I have four stories on the news beat for you today. We begin with news from Facebook, where the social media giant is introducing a new way to view your news feed, which just happens to be very similar to its original. Android users who have updated to the latest version of the Facebook app will now be able to view the newsfeed in chronological order instead of using Facebook's algorithms. This is notable because Facebook has insisted for the last several years that its algorithm was the best way to view recent posts. However, some people were not satisfied with this view for a variety of reasons. Some claimed that this was essentially a company telling you it knew better than you what you wanted. Others viewed it as a way big tech was censoring things that it disagreed with. Regardless of their reason for disliking the Facebook algorithms, it appears that Facebook has heard and is bringing back the option for a chronological feed. The feature is currently only available on Android, but Facebook says its iOS app will be updated soon. Moving west, Australia's Channel 9 News was forced off the air last weekend after a series of cyber attacks disrupted the network's broadcast. The presenters of the network's Weekend Today program took to Twitter to say they were facing technical issues. Network executives later confirmed that a cyber attack was behind the issues that they faced. Some have speculated that the network's criticism of both China and Russia may have led to one of those countries retaliating with an attack. However, as of the time of this recording, that is just speculation. 
The source of the attack will hopefully become more clear as more details about it are uncovered. Moving on to Europe, regulators for both the United States and the European Union are looking to create a new data privacy agreement to replace the one that was struck down by a European court last year. Major tech companies and both governments are hopeful that a new deal can be reached that will protect data privacy in a way that is acceptable on both sides of the Atlantic. Previous attempts have resulted in agreements that have been struck down by EU courts, which said that U.S. security laws violated the rights of EU citizens. Businesses, therefore, have had to resort to legal workarounds to keep data moving between Europe and the U.S., so they will certainly be watching these negotiations. And finally, back on U.S. soil, the state of California's controller's office suffered a data breach after an employee fell victim to a phishing scam. An attacker then had access to the employee's email account for over 25 hours, during which the account was used to send malicious emails to the user's contacts. Reports indicated the attacker would also have had access to other network files being stored under that account, but the logs indicated there was no access to anything other than the employee's email. However, this is yet another sobering reminder of the threats that are always lurking. Always stay on guard for possible attacks, especially phishing. And now we move on to the scam of the day. Today's scam involves something that's been in the news a lot recently. Stimulus checks. As a third round of stimulus money has been approved by Congress, a third round of scams have come out of the woodwork trying to take advantage of those payments. One of the scams involved phone calls supposedly from the IRS asking you to verify your personal information. Like any other IRS scam, these are fake. The IRS will never call you to ask you to verify your information. And as a side note, they'll never call you to demand payment for taxes you supposedly owe either. Along the same line, a second scam involves an email with a link to verify your information. Once again, this is also fake. If the IRS needs information from you, they are always going to start with a letter. A third type of scam that's probably not going to be quite as popular this time around is an offer to get your stimulus money to you faster. The first round of checks were rolled out slowly as the Treasury Department was still trying to feel its way through distributing these checks. But the second two rounds have been distributed much quicker. Most people have already received their checks, so it's unlikely you're going to encounter this scam unless Congress decides on a fourth round of checks. And a fourth scam involves a fake check sent to you, generally for an amount larger than you think you should be receiving. You deposit it thinking it's your actual check, but then the scammer calls you and demands payment for the extra amount. If you make the payment, you'll be out that much money when the check is returned as fraudulent. So if it involves stimulus checks, 
only get your information from official government websites, ending in .gov. Don't accept anything as true unless it comes from an official site. And if you have a scam you think we'd like to talk about on the show, you can send it to us at scam at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com. And now it's time for the Cybersecurity Pop Quiz. Each week, we'll ask you a question in the field of online security or privacy, and it's your job to figure out the right answer. This week's question is a true or false question. The question is, if you freeze your credit, you no longer need to monitor your accounts for fraud. True or false? The answer will be revealed in next week's episode. But if you want to know it right away, you can go to cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash popquiz to submit your guess and find out if you're right. Plus, if you submit your guess on the website, regardless of whether you're right or wrong, you'll be entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card when we conclude season three in August. But your guess must be submitted before the next episode airs on Monday, April 12th. For official rules, visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash quiz rules. Last week's question was, which of the following are signs that you could be facing an email social engineering attack? A. The email makes a sudden change to your normal procedure. B. The email has an attachment that automatically downloads and installs on your computer. C. The email asks you to reply with personal information. Or D. The email expresses that you must act now to avoid deletion of your account. The correct answers are A, C, and D. Social engineering is attacking your humanity instead of attacking the computer. Attackers know we are much more prone to mistakes than computers are, so they'll target us instead. So the email attachment that automatically downloads is not a social engineering attack. But making a sudden change to a normal procedure could be a way of trying to get you to send money to the scammer instead. This is very common in business transactions or in personal transactions involving a large amount of money such as purchasing a home. The scammer will become aware of the transaction and then give you a story saying you need to send the money to a different place. If you're told to do this, the best thing to do is to call the person you're sending the money to directly. Never use the same form of communication, so don't reply by email if the scammer emailed you first, and never trust any contact information provided by the scammer. An email asking you to reply with personal information is also social engineering. In this case, it's likely an attempt to steal your personal data, but it may also be attempting to apply the sunk cost fallacy. Once you've given up some of your personal information, you're more likely to continue providing what the scammers want from you. And finally, an email saying you must act right away or your account will be deleted is a typical scam. 
Due to legal issues regarding retention of data, accounts are rarely completely deleted without your permission. And even if there is a reason to do so, it will be communicated well in advance and usually multiple times. One of the best innovations in web browsing has been extensions, small programs that create additional features for your browser. However, there are some extensions that can be utilized to help keep you safe online. We'll discuss five different extensions you can use to boost your security when we come back from this short break. Hi, it's Jim. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could follow us in your favorite podcast player. That will ensure you never miss an episode. And while you're there, we'd also appreciate it if you could rate the show and give us a review. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. And finally, the best review that someone can give us is to tell their friends about the show. Invite them to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or send them to our website, CybersecurityMadePersonal.com, where they can find links to the show in all the major podcast players. Thanks for your support, and now back to the show. Have you ever tried something new, and then later, after you got used to it, Wondered how you ever got along without it? One of the biggest areas where I get that feeling is in web browsing. For example, I can't even imagine how we survived internet browsers that didn't have browser tabs. At any given time, I have numerous tabs open. As I was working on writing the content for this podcast, I had 12 tabs open in the active browser window, and I had a second browser window open with another seven tabs. But another incredibly useful innovation in web browsing has been the creation of browser extensions, or add-ons as Firefox calls them. For those who are unfamiliar, extensions allow you to add additional functionality to your browser. For example, I use a browser extension that automatically saves pages as notes in my note-taking software. If I find a story that I think I might want to use on the show, I can save it as a link in my note-taking software with just two clicks. So with the rise of browser extensions, it's no surprise that there are many extensions you can use to improve your security. However, before we discuss some browser extensions you may want to use, let's first take a moment to discuss how to add an extension to your browser. In almost every case, adding an extension is a very simple process. If your browser is based on Chrome or Firefox, the easiest way to add one is to find the website for the extension's creator. From there, you can find links to add the extension to Chrome or Firefox. The links should take you to a page with a button that says Add to Chrome or Add to Firefox. A word of warning here, both Chrome and Firefox have stores where you can look up extensions, but these may not be the best place to search for them. 
For example, when I tried to find the Adblock Plus extension in the store, I found numerous extensions that were trying to hijack the name recognition of Adblock Plus in order to get their extensions installed instead. While a few of them might actually be legitimate ad blockers, many of them are probably just looking to get installed so they can monitor your traffic and steal your data. So be careful when you're looking through the extension stores. While both Google and Firefox have improved moderation policies recently, not everything that's in there is going to be completely safe. If you're using Safari, you can install extensions from the Mac App Store. From your browser, navigate to the Safari menu and then choose Extensions. This will open the Mac App Store to the Safari Extensions page. As with most Apple products, all Safari extensions are supposed to be installed through the App Store. But Apple does do a fairly thorough job at weeding out malicious programs. However, Approaching everything in the store with an element of caution is still a very good idea. So now that we've talked about how to install an extension, let's move on to the five extensions that can improve your security. As I always do on this show, I'll cover categories of extensions, but I won't recommend specific ones. That way, if my recommendations change, I can make the change in one place and you'll always get my most up-to-date recommendations. If you'd like to see what programs I recommend, you can visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash recommendations to see them. The first extension is one you've certainly heard me talk about already if you've listened to past episodes, a password manager. Almost every password manager has a browser extension that will assist you. For example, the extension can automatically add your username and password to the appropriate login forms. This helps you get signed into websites faster, and it also provides some additional security. If your password manager extension doesn't put the password into the login form, that's a pretty good sign you aren't on a legitimate login page. You could have been duped by a phishing attack. Your password manager will also remind you to add a new password when you create a new account. And it can even generate a new random password for you if you need it. Plus, some password managers will also store other information, such as your credit card data. That way you always have it with you and available, but it's kept encrypted and secure. Obviously, you do trade a little bit of security when you put all your passwords in one place. But in my opinion, the improvements in security that a password manager allows far outweigh the risks of having them all in one place. Beyond a password manager, a second extension you may want to consider is one that always requests a secure encrypted connection with other websites. A secure connection encrypts all of your traffic so that it can't be read if it's intercepted. This is absolutely critical if sensitive data is being transmitted in either direction, such as passwords, credit card numbers, or bank account information. But encryption is always a good idea whenever possible, 
It keeps any data you may be transmitting away from prying eyes. In order to create an encrypted connection, the website's owners must set up and maintain a security certificate and an encrypted transmission must be requested. If a security certificate hasn't been set up for a website, there's nothing you can do other than stop using the website. But there are things you can do regarding requesting encrypted connections. Encryption is requested by adding an S in the HTTPS section of the website address. Websites that deal with sensitive data should automatically turn unencrypted requests into encrypted ones, but occasionally something goes wrong and that doesn't happen. Now you could check every single link and every single website address you enter to make sure that it begins with HTTPS instead of HTTP. Or you can use an extension that will automatically do that for you. This type of extension will change every request sent by your computer into an encrypted one. Now, as I mentioned earlier, an extension won't help you if the website doesn't have encryption set up on their end, but fortunately, the number of sites without encryption are getting smaller and smaller all the time. A third type of extension you may want to consider is a tracking blocker. As I'm sure you know, trackers are everywhere online. However, you can use extensions to help neutralize them so your personal data isn't being collected for advertising. You're probably not surprised that you're being tracked online. I think everybody knows that now. But you may be surprised at how many different companies there are tracking you. I visited several common sites using one of these extensions, and I found in just a few minutes it had blocked nine different trackers. And these trackers do come with a small cost. Since they need to download and then later transmit data back to their source, they can slow down your internet traffic. The time you'll save isn't probably something that you'll notice on any particular site, but over time, it could help add up to a better browsing experience. And while we're on the subject of advertising, you may also want to consider utilizing an ad blocker. An ad blocker does exactly what it sounds like. It blocks advertisements you could encounter online. This also can lead to a faster and smoother browsing experience. It might seem weird to have this on a list of security-focused extensions, but there's a reason why I've put it on this list. Advertising has become a vector of attack by some malicious people. They create an advertisement, add it to a network, and then take advantage of both intentional and accidental clicks on that advertisement. Advertising networks have become better at monitoring these ads, but at the same time, the criminals have become better at finding and exploiting the flaws in their monitoring process. Even after ad blockers first came out, I chose not to use one, because I felt that advertising was the price that we had to pay for free data available online. But as malicious advertising became more common, I began to use and recommend an ad blocker as a security tool 
more than as a convenience tool. So until websites and ad networks clean up the advertising, I'll continue to recommend ad blockers for security reasons. And finally, you may want to consider adding a security extension as well. Most of the major antivirus companies produce extensions that add an additional layer of security in your web browser. These work alongside your antivirus to help monitor your web traffic for threats. They can also help identify suspicious links. For example, a security extension might recognize if you clicked on a phishing link and alert you that this website looks suspicious. The security extension I use also analyzes my search results and provides an analysis of how legitimate it thinks the link is. It uses a traffic light system. Green links are ones they believe to be safe. Yellow links are ones that they think might be safe, but they do throw one or two red flags. And red links are ones they believe to be unsafe. Search engines have gotten much better at filtering out most of the suspicious pages, but sometimes one finds a way to game the algorithm and rise to the top of the results. Most of the major antivirus companies make browser extensions for all the major browsers. So if you're looking for a security extension, the best place to start looking is to check your antivirus's own website. If they make an extension, they'll have it linked there. Web browser extensions have added so many useful functions. In fact, it can be easy to start installing so many that you overwhelm yourself and your browser. But there are some security-focused extensions that you should consider. You should consider using a password manager so you can keep track of a unique password for every site. You should consider using an extension that always requests an encrypted connection so your web browsing data remains as secure as possible. You should consider using a tracking blocker to help stop companies from tracking everything you do online. You should consider using an ad blocker to help stop malicious advertising. And finally, you should consider using a security extension that can alert you to suspicious links and websites before you fall victim to them. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next Monday where we will discuss six ways to protect your privacy on the latest hot social media site, TikTok. So until next time, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast. Check out the show notes page linked in the description for links to the articles mentioned, more information about today's tip, and a transcription of this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would consider visiting our welcome page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com welcome. There, you can find more information about the show and links to some of our most popular episodes. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Don't take any action on your computer unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. 
Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.